Hello, friends. Coming up on this edition of the Sales Training World Podcast, nine ways to avoid the summer sales slump. What do I mean by that? Maybe you're like me. Looking out the window. It's beautiful outside. You'd rather be doing anything than selling. And you, don't want to, you don't want that to happen, friends. So you don't want to fall into that summer sales slump. So that's what we're going to be talking about, as well as our listener questions. And I think you're going to find those to be awesome. We've got Wayne from Nashville, Tracy from San Diego, Brian from Grand Rapids. We're going to talk about being an older rep on a sales team of younger people, texting your prospects, how to avoid getting totally stressed out. And we've got business owner Mike Obert that's going to join us, and he's going to help us dissect those questions from a business owner's perspective. That's all coming up this edition of the Sales Training World Podcast. From the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Sales Training World Broadcast with your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. Ryan is an Emmy winner, a certified business coach, and a 25-year sales and marketing veteran. He has trained over 4,000 sales professionals in seven countries, and he still sells today. No fluff, no bull. Tactical and practical sales and business advice to help your business go places you never thought possible. Welcome to Sales Training World. Now, your sales coach, your business coach, your host, Ryan Dorn. What is going on, friends? If you sell just like me each and every day, you are a part of the world we live in. This is Sales Training World. It's where we are (laughs) every single day. I'm selling just like you. People say to me all the time, Ryan, why do you torture yourself and keep selling? I'll tell you why. Because I am sick and tired of reading books written by former sales professionals that haven't sold anything in years. I mean, we're living in a world, friends, where sales is is changing every single day. And so because of that, if I don't sell, I just, I become irrelevant uh, really, really quickly. And that's why I think that I can speak uh, really with passion about nine ways to avoid the summer sales slump. And then we'll get uh, to our listener questions, which by the way, we've got Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions. He's one of our uh, sponsors as well. Um, but uh, Mike is a, is a business owner and gets literally hundreds of solicitations a month uh, from some really bad salespeople. So he's going to help us uh, with those uh, listener questions. So thanks so much, Mike, for not only being a, a sponsor of the show, uh, but also joining us to answer uh, those uh, questions. All right, guys, here we go. Nine ways to avoid the summer sales slump. What does that mean? Well, typically, not always, but in a lot of organizations, summertime, pretty bad for business because people's brains are elsewhere. Maybe you've been like me, you go out on vacation and you're like, you know what? I am not going to be checking my email during this entire vacation. And you get back to 3,000 emails and you're totally stressed out and you get find yourself in a slump. Here's what's interesting. Vacations should be a time to recharge our brains and come back like ready to rock and roll. I find that after vacation, I'm tired because <laughs> I've just done so much on vacation. So what I like to do is a graceful departure and a graceful uh, re-entry into the office. So what I'll do is I'll actually tell my customers if I'm leaving on a Friday, I'll tell them I'm leaving on Tuesday. And I give myself a couple of days in the office where I can actually check out. I can actually do a good job of gracefully departing out of the, you know, out of the office. I think that's important. And then if I'm going to get back uh, actually on a Monday, I'll tell people I'm coming back on Tuesday. So I've got at least a day to kind of get my bearings about myself. But um, what can you do to avoid the slump? I think you can plan in advance uh, for um, your vacation and time like that. But number one, I think you also need to really wrap your head around your sales math, your sales math. And we'll talk about it a little bit more um, in our listener questions coming up. But your sales math to avoid stress is really just understanding 
how many phone calls and emails does it take for you to get a meeting with somebody? And then how many meetings does it take for you to actually close a deal? That's your sales math. Some people call it your call to close ratios. I don't care what you call it. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but for me, it's sales math. And what I do is I recognize that when my sales math is under control, I always do great. I'm always at goal. When my sales math is off, I don't do so well. So I think it's important for us all to wrap our head around this simple sales math. How many calls, emails, marketing, et cetera, does it take for you to get to a meeting with a potential client? Once you have a meeting, what's your close rate? You know, um, you're closing pretty good, not so good. How's your close rate? So how many meetings does it take to get you to the goal you need? So for example, I've mentioned this before. If my goal is 50,000, if my average sale is 10,000, I need five deals. If I need five deals, I probably need at least 10 meetings. And if I need 10 meetings, I probably need at least 20 prospects. That's if you're kind of following that 50% rule. So I think it's important for you to understand your sales math. That will help you avoid the summer sales slump. Number two of our nine ways to avoid the summer sales slump. Number two, persistence. It is the catalyst for luck. Persistence is the catalyst for luck. Somebody said to me the other day, uh, you know, Ryan, the more golf you play, the luckier you get. Well, it applies to golf and it applies to sales. I mean, persistence is going to be the key. I like to call it polite persistence. Um, I follow the rule of three. The rule of three is very straightforward. I call first. If I don't get them, I leave them an email that points them over to the email that I've just sent. I'm sorry, I, I uh, realized I said that incorrectly. I reach out by, via phone. I leave them a voicemail, <laughs> rather, a voicemail that points them over to the email that I'm just about to send. And in that voicemail, I don't introduce myself first. I usually say, hey, John, I've got a great idea for you as it relates to such and such, whatever your value proposition is. John, you don't even need to call me back. As a matter of fact, just if you would be so kind to reply to the email I sent you, I would greatly appreciate it. And my pattern is three. I call and I email every three business days. It's very simple. Every three business days, I'm reaching out with a phone call, immediately sending an email. I'm using the voicemail to direct the person over to the email that I've sent. In my voicemails, I don't introduce myself first. I wait to the end to give myself a little bit of better luck there, a little strategy. And I recognize that I'm doing this every three business days to get a meeting with somebody. Persistence. It really is the catalyst for luck. You've got to consider that. Number three of nine. I'm very, very, very focused on value-based selling. Value-based selling. That's the key in, in the summertime. For me to avoid that slump is to really focus on value-based selling. What value do I bring to the equation, to the occasion, occasion? What value can I bring to my potential client? What value can my company bring to the client? What value can my solution or my service or my product bring to that client? It's value-based selling. Some of you get lost in consultative selling. You're, all you're doing is asking question after question after question. Questions are great. Questions are important. But if you focus on value, the value that you, your product, whatever, brings to the equation, then you get away from features, advantages, and benefits, the fab selling process. Features, advantages, and benefits. I mean, unless you're selling a washing machine, then I think you want to focus on features, advantages, and benefits. Otherwise, for me, the fab selling process is just older. It's just outdated, a little outdated. 
no offense intended to the inventor. I just, I really like to focus in on value. What value can I bring or can my product bring? Number four, if you fill a need, you will guarantee a sale. If you fill a need, you'll guarantee a sale. So for me, I'm researching like a madman, like crazy, like I'm a crazy Ryan. Crazy Ryan's researching again. My wife of 24 years, uh, she said to me, what are you doing? What are you, what, at, at late at night, what are you doing? I'm just researching. What are you researching? I'm researching my clients. I'm researching their competitors. She's like, well, wouldn't it be better for you to research before you had a cocktail? I said, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I do my best research when I've had a crown and Coke or two in my hand, right? <laughs> Who's with me? Come on, you're in sales. Have some fun a little bit. So I'm looking for needs that I can fulfill. To avoid the summer sales slump, I'm looking for needs that I can fulfill. When you can fulfill a need, then my friends, you're guaranteed a sale. But you got to figure out what that need is. Now, some smarty pants might say, well, Ryan, why don't you just ask what that need is? Well, I mean, you can ask for sure, and you should ask. But what I find is if, if I can find a need, and if I'm right in what I found, people really like it a lot. Like, wow. Ryan, you really paid attention. Wow. Ryan, you're one of the only um, salespeople that actually showed up prepared for this conversation today. Isn't that amazing that I hear that on a regular basis because I'm trying to find a need because I know if I fill a need, I will guarantee a sale. And that's why that's number four of avoiding my summer sales slump. Okay. Number five of nine, I'm blocking out time for my success. I'm blocking it out. If your day is driven by what comes into your inbox, friends, you are a slave to your email. You shouldn't be a slave to anybody for any reason. So you've got to ask yourself, how am I driving my sales day? And I'm doing it by my calendar. So at 11 o'clock and 4 o'clock every day, I have a prospecting block that repeats on my calendar, 11 and 4 every day. At 3 o'clock, I have a block for retaining customers. Every day, it repeats itself. So the important sales tasks for me, prospecting, retention, I have those tasks blocked on my calendar and they repeat Monday through Friday. And you should too. Just do it. Just do it. You can do it. Put them on your calendar, time block them out. And I think you're going to find that a little dedication to those tasks is going to get you some better success in avoiding the summer sales slump. All right, number six of nine, you've got to increase your non-sales touches. Increase your non-sales touches. If every time you reach out to someone, you are trying to sell them something, you are seen as a salesperson. Even if you are a consultative type of individual, that's what you are seen as. And quite honestly, that's not necessarily a good thing. So I believe 30-40% of the reach outs that you do really need to be non-sales touch related. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, you're, you're reaching out to share uh, business information. You're reaching out to share uh, articles that you've uh, found online. Um, you're, you're sending out information about the industry or uh, things like that. There's so many different things that you can do, that you can say, that you can put in front of your customers. I think it's a very, very important piece of the overall, um, uh, overall sales process, if you will, and that's those non-sales uh, touches. All right, number seven, um, if you're in a slump, you need to try some new, sig uh, some new subject lines. Number seven, try some new subject lines. You know, I've got some, some webinars uh, on the website over at salestrainingworld.com. 
um, all about uh, 20 great subject lines. You can also reach out to me. If you don't have those, reach out to me. Drop me an email, ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, and I'll send them to you, my 20 favorite subject lines, but you can find them over at salestrainingworld.com as well. One of my favorites is a date. So the subject line is a date that I want to meet with somebody. So if I wanted to meet with somebody on July the 3rd, um, my subject line would be July 3rd. It's one of my favorites. Or the name of one of their competitors. That will get there, get them charged up as well. So if you're in a bit of a sales slump, you know, try changing up your subject lines. Some of your subject lines are probably, quite honestly, a little tired. All right, number eight, if you're in a sales slump or you want to avoid it, ask for referrals. Number eight, ask for referrals. Friends, I ask for referrals whether I earn business or I lose business. I don't care. I just want referrals. So if someone turns me down, I'll say, you know, I'm disappointed that we're not going to be working together. You know, is there somebody else you think could benefit from this service? You'll be amazed at the number of times that someone will give you a lead, a referral, because either they want to get you out of their office (laughs) or they think like you can help somebody else. So a referral is so helpful in avoiding a summer sales slump. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, let's be honest. There's nothing better than a good referral, right? I mean, we all love referrals. So, you know, you've got to ask yourself, hey, you know, what can I do to get more referrals? And that'll help you with your summer sales slump. All right, last but not least, number nine, and then we'll review it very quickly, and then we'll get to our listener uh, questions with Mike Obert. Number nine, update your objection scripts. Number nine, update your objection scripts. So in any business, you're going to get a certain number of objections. I mean, you just are. That's kind of how it goes. So what you really want to consider is, do you have those objections written down? Do you have a great reply written down and approved? And how often are you updating that objection script? It's amazing to me the number of people when I'm on a general sales call with somebody, they get a pretty standard objection and they fumble that football badly. So just be thinking about if you want to avoid the summer sales slump, be ready to go with your objections. Be ready to go with them. And that means updating your objection scripts. All right. All those things I do to avoid the summer summer sales slump or any sales slump. So very quickly in review. Number one, know your sales math. You got to know it. Your call to close ratios. Number two, understand the persistence. That's the key catalyst to luck. All right. The more calls you make, the greater your chances of getting through to somebody. Number three, focus on value-based selling. Nothing wrong with being consultative, relational-based, but focus on value. What do you, what is your product, what do you bring to the occasion? Number four, if you find a need, do some research, you'll guarantee a sale. So get out there, do some research, guarantee a sale. Five, block out time for what you need. Make your calendar drive your day. Number six, increase your non-sales touch points. Reaching out to people in non-sales ways. Number seven, Uh, Try some new subject lines. Reach out to me if you need some ideas. Number eight, always ask for referrals. Whether you win business or lose business, always, 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 friends, ask for referrals. Number nine, you should have an objection cheat sheet. Every company should have it. Every sales rep should have it. So make sure that you're very much paying attention to all of those. All right, friends, we've got some great listener questions coming up. Let me tell you what we've got. And uh, then we're going to pay some bills real uh, real quick. We got a question from Wayne from Nashville. Uh, Wayne is uh, over 50, having trouble fitting in with a younger sales team. Some advice for Wayne. Uh, Tracy from San Diego, she's wanting to text her prospects. 
And Mike and I have some thoughts on that, don't we, Mike? Mike shaking his head. Yes, we have some ideas on that. <laughs> and then we got Brian from Grand Rapids up in Michigan. Um, he's just stressed out. He's not eating. He's so stressed. And um, so, Mike, hopefully, we'll, uh, as we sit here and eat our lunch here during this break, um, we've got some ideas and thoughts uh, from a serious question from Brian uh, from Grand Rapids. All right, friends, stick around, stay close. More sales training world coming up. If you do me a favor, just listen for, say, 60 seconds here as we pay some bills. These are all companies and ways that we can help you be uh, the best salesperson that you can be. So, we'll be back in 60 seconds more with the Sales Training World podcast. We'll be right back. The Sales Training World Podcast is brought to you in part by OpenLook Business Solutions. OpenLook offers affordable outsourcing solutions like data cleanup, telemarketing, customer service follow-up, and so much more. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. Are you looking to grow as a sales manager or VP of sales? Emmy Award-winning sales coach Ryan Dorn just recorded five hours of sales management training. It's available to you online now on demand. Go to salestrainingworld.com and click the videos tab for more information. Over 1,000 sales managers agree. This is the best management training online. Go to salestrainingworld.com and click the videos tab for more information. All right, back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends, as you know, one of my favorite parts of the podcast each and every month is your listener questions. So uh, always thrilled when I have the opportunity to have Mike uh, who's uh, one of the founders of Open Look Business Solutions uh, with us. And, um, Mike, I've got three good questions for you. And, um, you know, together, gosh, I guess our combined sales experience would probably be, let's just say, well over 40, 40 years. <laughs> That's, yeah, we've been doing it a long time, Ryan, a long time. Yeah, so that's just, uh, you know, fair to fair to say. So, hey, why don't we answer a couple questions? Then I'd love to find out what you guys have uh, going on at, uh, at, at Open Look. Um, but, friends, keep your questions coming in uh, to Ryan at RyanDoran.com, D-O-H-R-N, Ryan at RyanDoran.com. So, all right, Mike, here is our first question, Wayne from Nashville. Uh, Ryan, I'm struggling to be a part of my sales team. I'm 55 years old and feel like I'm being left behind when it comes to technology and sales techniques. Uh, any any advice? Uh, for, first, first, Wayne, I'd have to say that 55 isn't old. Um, now, Mike, maybe you consider that to be old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and I'm close to that 55 number, So, uh, but I, I'm going by 50 is the new 30. There there you go. Now, I have found with the teams that I work with, I hire millennials. I hire people over the age of 60. I hire people because of what they bring to the table, not because of their age. Now, what I've noticed, though, is that sometimes people over the age of 50 kind of you, you just don't want to try. Now, Wayne, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes you have to try to be a part of the team because they're they're only going to accept you to your level of, of actually trying. So, for example, even though Game of Thrones is now um, over, I got into Game of Thrones because a younger member of my team had said, you don't watch Game of Thrones? And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I, the oldest guy here? So I started watching and enjoyed the program and you know, really had something to talk about. So as you hear maybe people younger than you talking about things on Netflix or, you know, something like that, uh, check it out so you can be involved, you know, in the, in the conversation. But I also feel like sometimes people try too hard, um, to be, to be young and just, you know, kind of be your, be yourself. What are yeah, you no, thinking? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that, Ryan, but also when he was talking about technology and how he thinks technology is getting left behind, I mean, technology is changing so fast mm -hmm. right now that, you could even say the the 35 or 30 year old sales rep is having to learn new things all the time. So, 
I don't think it's anything new, whether you're 35 or 55 uh, with technology, that there's just going to be new things that are coming out. You just got to try it and test it and not mm-hmm. be scared of it, but just jump mm-hmm. all in. Yeah. And, you know, there's websites like lynda.com where you can, if you're not able to keep up with what's happening on the Internet, you can go to online classes as it relates to that. And the other thing is this. I have found with people that are younger than me, so I'm 46, people that are younger than me, if I just say, hey, I can't figure this out. Could you help me? And I found that they will help you. I mean, they will take you. They they're very happy to help you, and are very willing to be uh, to be helpful. The other thing is, you know, webinars, uh, podcasts, any type of education that you anything you can do uh, to keep up. So there's tons of podcasts that I do, uh, webinars that uh, myself, other companies do. Subscribe to e newsletters. Uh, whether it's if you need marketing information, go to emarketer.com. Sign up for the right. daily newsletters, uh, you know, and, and things like that. Mike, do you read a lot of newsletters? Do you get a lot of newsletters? I do. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Nice. Uh, I read a lot of e-newsletters. Um, if there's topics that that I'm a little uh, not scared of, but I want to get a little bit more information, I YouTube a lot. And, uh, you know, you can get a, a lot of information off of YouTube and how to use things and how to do certain things on different devices or or stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, for me, I feel like education is just a never ending game. And the older I get, I feel like the people around me are younger and younger. Um, so Wayne, you're definitely not alone. Um, so I'm not saying that you need to go out and, um, you know, listen to every piece of music that, uh, every person 32 years old is listening to, but, um, at least, you know, make a real valiant effort, uh, to try to be a part, to uh, be a part of the, of the game. And hopefully, hopefully that'll work out. Hopefully that'll work out. So, okay. So, uh, next question here, uh, Tracy from San Diego. I'm thinking of using text as a sales prospecting tool, but I am a bit nervous. Do any of your clients use mobile texting as a sales tool? So just to be clear, Tracy, if if I'm following your question, you're thinking about texting clients that don't know you probably in a prospecting manner. And I would say you being a bit nervous about it is probably the correct feeling Mike, you know, maybe you could chime in. You get a lot more people selling you as a big time business owner. Um, how do you feel about if you didn't know the person and they were texting you in the sales process? Big time business owner. Um, I would uh, I would probably shy away from somebody that's sending me a text um, as a prospect. So um, I would think that if you are using texting as a tool, which I think it is a definite tool, but you probably need to get permission from that person and that permission, whether it's a, uh, an email that has their uh, cell phone number and their signature or something like that. But as far as like a first time trying to contact somebody, um, I would, I would probably shy away from using text. Yeah. Now, now what about if it's on their business card though? You know, you sometimes they'll put their cell phone on their business card. I mean, I think if you're meeting somebody and, and they give you the business card, that's almost like giving you the permission to use, hey, here's every way to communicate with me on that card. So I, I would say that that's okay. If you're picking up a business card and you really haven't met the person, uh, then I would probably shy away from it. But uh, that's, yeah. that's just me. I, I, I yeah. would think, though, if you are doing it, that you're a ultra aggressive salesperson and sales rep and somebody that I might want to hire. Now, I mean, I say to people all the time, we don't have any room for wimps, you know, right now in the right. sales business. But I also feel like there's a certain, I guess the word intimacy, that's probably overblowing it, but intimacy that comes from texting somebody, usually that's more of a, a private thing. 
So my thought, Tracy, is if it's just kind of what Mike said, if you know the person, you've met him at a trade show and you said, hey, do you mind if I drop you a text? And they say, sure. I don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal. So here's my thought. Exhaust all other avenues before you text somebody. (laughs) I agree with that. And then say, I I would say like in a text, hey, Mike, um, Ryan Dorn here at such and such company. Um, um, I tried to email and call you, um, wasn't able to get through. And so I was just reaching out via text to see if we could meet about such such and such, or or did you get that email that I sent? Yeah, I agree with that. Something like that. Now, text will get through the clutter. I mean, it will definitely get through the clutter. It will. It will. I think one of the things that's interesting, if you're in a business where you don't have to resell somebody, you're not as likely to need to worry about this. If you're in the media business, software business, a business where you have to resell people, you want to be kind of careful about the first impression that you give to people in uh, in some cases. But, hey, we got to do what we got to do uh, to try to cut through the uh, cut through the clutter. What do you think in any given month, Mike, how many solicitations via text being a business owner do you get? M- many or not many? Or? Ooh, um, not many. Okay. Uh, and, and, but I would say, though, the people that are texting me that are within the business that would be either a vendor of ours or a customer, um, I would you know, consider that those people I have personal relationships with. Yeah. As opposed to being just a, you know, a, a sales call or a sales right. tool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as a follow up tool, I think it's great because I would prefer someone text me than try to call. So as a follow up tool, I think it's, you know, really fantastic, especially if you get their, uh, you know, get their permission uh, as right. well. So it's cool. It's great. Um, so uh, next question. Uh, Brian from Grand Rapids. Um, he says, I freak out about my sales goals every month. I truly get so nervous I lose sleep and do not eat. Poor guy. Uh, what can I do to help calm my nerves and get back on track? Brian, um, this is a tough one because I feel like I'm equipped to answer it and I feel like I've been there. And so it's a tough one because I just don't know you personally. So for me, what I try to do is break these things down, these goals down into bite-sized chunks. And I try to take just small bites at a time. But I also really understand my sales math. I mean, I know how many calls it takes for me to get X number of meetings. I know how many meetings it takes for me to get uh, a closed deal. So it's possible that you just need to get your wrap your head around your sales math. I mean, that's, you know, that's possible. Um, Mike, what do you think? Because it's not uncommon. We've had goals you and I have in our sales career. Basically, we always do. What are your right. thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, as a sales person, I think you're always kind of apprehensive of what those goals are. As a sales manager, you're always trying to push your people to do a little bit more so right. that they can hit those budget numbers. Um, but I, I totally agree with you that you've got to kind of break it down. You got to figure out, you know, what what do you already have? What what are you forecasting? And if your forecast and and your current book of business doesn't equal what your budget is, then you've got to figure out, okay, I've got to go get X amount to be able to Mm -hmm. hit my goal. And how am I going to hit my goal with, you know, with uh, going out, reaching out, hitting more people? Yeah. Now, a couple of things, though, uh, Brian, when you say that you don't eat, um, you know, you don't sleep. I think that's, you know, that's something for me that I'd be happy to walk you through as a a coach. But it, it could be something deeper than that. And so it could be just general unhappiness at the job, which you may want to, you know, just talk to somebody uh, about that either at your job. Maybe you've got um, an employee assistance program um, that your company pays for or go and talk to talk to somebody about it, because what I'd hate to do is kind of gloss over this 
and tell you that you just need to, you know, just, you know, put on your, your, you know, your big boy uh, jacket and get out there and sell some more. Um, because that's where my natural inclination leads me <laughs> is to say, Hey, don't worry about it. Just get out there and sell. Right. But there could be something, you know, more to that. And so Brian, appreciate the question and, and appreciate you asking. M- my thought is get your sales math under control. Um, what, you know, what else, what else Mike? Cause I, I feel for this guy because we oh, all I- have this pressure. Had no, for sure, and especially if it's month after month, and and reading in, you know, a little bit more into that question, it sounds like it's somebody that might not have been hitting their goals or haven't hit their goal right. in a while. Right. Um, so you know that is something that you probably need to take up with your manager as well and say, okay, look, here's where I'm at. Uh, what do I need to do to to get to the next level, and what can you do to help me, Mr. Manager? What what are things that you can help me with training or what are mm-hmm. some things, some tips and advice that I can get from other uh, reps that are that are hitting their goals? Um, so you know, it could be more of a training issue or or you need to learn a little bit more from from uh, product knowledge or something like that. Right. And then, you know, fixating on, you know, a big number can be very daunting. So if your goal is 50,000, 50,000 sounds like, oh, my gosh. But if your average deal, you know, is ten thousand dollars. Um, you know, then it makes it a lot easier for you to say, okay, so it's 50,000, but I need five deals. Well, five deals is a lot easier to look at than $50,000. So whatever number sits more easily with you, maybe something to, so if you don't fixate on a 50,000, you fixate on five, which that might help you in the long run, just so it doesn't make you so nervous. Now, the other thing is I noticed early on in my career, I don't know if you ever experienced this, Mike. I drank way less coffee now than ever before, and I used to just be kind of manic. And I think it was because I was drinking like Starbucks on the way to work, Starbucks right before I came into work, Starbucks at 10 o'clock break, you know? So there might be something to be said there, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of Starbucks, right? Yeah, I was keeping them. I should have owned stock um, keeping them. So anyway, Brian, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that we could say as it relates to that. And I hope that um, you'll take some of that advice. But uh, these are good questions. Yeah, great questions. Um, so, Mike, you know, these are good sales questions. And I know you guys just do a lot of work in the sales business and, and data business. Um, you know, what are some of the big projects that you guys are, are working on now that, um, you know, some of these folks uh, could relate to? Yeah, Ryan, I appreciate it. Yes, at OpenLook, we are doing uh, some lead generation pro- projects. Uh, where we are turning over the rocks for people. Um, our agents are doing 150 to 200 phone calls per day and warming up leads for uh, different types of companies that are out there. We're also doing a lot of data work. Uh, where we're doing either database cleanups, data pin, uh, building lists for customers. So nice. if you have any of those needs, uh, give me a call. Excellent, excellent. So you can find uh, Mike and I have been working together. Mike's team handles all of my social media on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook. If you need anything like that, uh, you can find them online at open-look.com, open-look.com. So, well, Mike, cool, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out and uh, answering some, uh, some questions with us. Ryan, it's always a pleasure, always a good time, and I uh, can't wait to see you on the road again. So thanks for being a part of the show and answering the questions. And I know that people appreciate uh, hearing from a business owner's uh, perspective on that as well. So, all right, keep your questions questions coming in. Ryan at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. And you can find out more about what we do over at SalesTrainingWorld.com. Um, just kind of in case you're wondering, um, we speak at conferences about marketing, sales, leadership, 
and uh, so much more. So thrilled to come and be a part of your sales meeting, your sales conference. And uh, we've got all kinds of people that uh, we just have a ton of fun together and love to come and be a part of anything that you're doing. Friends, don't forget, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it and they're not. So we're either crazy <laughs> or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, that's it for this month. Uh, we'll see you next time. If you need more information on me or anything else that we've got going on, check us out over at salestrainingworld.com. And of course, always love for you to tell a friend about it as well. Tell about us as well. Take care, friends. Have a good one and get out in the street and sell something. See you next time. <laughs>